Welcome back to Talking Trade. I'm Sandy Siegel, president of ME Day. And I'm Ian Cogshead, University of Wisconsin-Madison. And uh, Sandy and I are delighted today to have a very special guest with us, uh, Adam Tindelschlick, uh, director of Port Milwaukee. Uh, welcome to the program, Adam. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just begin by telling us in a few words, what is Port Milwaukee and what does it do? Thank you both for having me today. Again, my name is Adam Tyndall Schlicht. I'm the director of Port Milwaukee. We are Wisconsin's second largest commercial port um, here on Lake Michigan. And our port authority it handles um, anywhere between 2.5 to 3 million um, metric tons of cargo per year. Um, we really are a premier multimodal maritime rail truck um, logistics and supply chain port here in the state of Wisconsin. Terrific. Well, I, I am indeed really excited to have you here today, Adam, and I've had the pleasure of partnering with you a little bit on some of the efforts here in Milwaukee to expand operations and, and further support international trade here in the community. So I know there's some exciting projects going on at the port and part of a, a $31 million project and, and some federal grant dollars received. Tell us a little bit about that and how it might impact and help um, local importers and exporters. Absolutely. So just over a year ago, Port of Milwaukee was one of the first nationwide recipients of a new U.S. Department of Transportation program grant called the Port Infrastructure Development Program. And with that, um, our receipt of $16 million in federal funds, over $5 million in Wisconsin Department of Transportation funds, uh, private investment and public investment by the port, um, our new agricultural export terminal uh, will be one of the first storage and transload facilities for the handling of dried distiller, dried distillers goods with solubles, DDGs, um, <laughs> grains, corns, and soy um, in the state of Wisconsin, really providing um, farmers and growers um, from across the state with a readily available multimodal direct connection for easy export um, for those commodities, which we know uh, Wisconsin is really fantastic at producing and making it really easy to get to those world markets where they're highly desired right now. That's exciting and, and you know, certainly a great boost for, for the ag exporters, um, you know, here in the state. Uh, there, I know there's some rumors about a potential merger with, uh, you know, Kansas City Southern with either the CP or the CN rails and with, you know, could mean potential expansion of our rail service. What, what can you tell us about that and, 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 and when do we hope to know more about that? So we are tracking this both in my capacity as director of the port, but also as president of the Wisconsin Commercial Ports Association. Uh, we have ports throughout the state, um, both on the Mississippi River, Lake Superior and Lake Michigan. And what's unfolding right now with the Kansas City um, Southern rail merger potential um, is going to benefit the state of Wisconsin, um, no matter what the outcome. And um, the sort of context is earlier this year, Canadian Pacific, which directly serves the port of Milwaukee and will directly serve our new agricultural export terminal, 
attempted a $29 billion, billion with a B, um, dollar merger with Canadian National. Now, once that, that news went public, um, uh, pardon me, I misspoke. So Canadian Pacific attempted to um, buy out Kansas City Southern at $29 billion. Uh, I misspoke. What has happened in the week since is their rival Canadian National um, has made a counter offer of $33 billion to buy out Kansas City Southern. And why I say this is good for the state of Wisconsin is no matter who will be the victor in um, this sort of merger bidding war that's unfolding yeah. right now in DC, there's a tremendous amount of CP presence in Southern Wisconsin and a tremendous amount of CN presence in Northern Wisconsin. Yeah. So whoever um, is successful in merging with Kansas City Southern, that new corridor providing Wisconsin, uh, providing the Wisconsin supply chain with direct access into the Southern United States and Mexico, um, okay. it's gonna have statewide impact. That's exciting. Do we know, you know, do we have some of the international carriers paying attention where, you know, they may, collaborate and and you know you take advantage of those services to absolutely so i think um as we've been tracking both the pro the cp proposal for kansas city southern and now the cn proposal for kansas city southern um it's going to be an interesting situation right the um u.s surface transportation board had previously ruled that um based off of a historic precedent that's almost 20 years old, there wasn't really contentious um, contentious constraints on potential monopolization for the CP merger. Now, the Surface Transportation Board has already proven that it's a little bit more wary about the CN merger. Now, Sandy, to your point, what does that mean for um, our container availability and some of the needed development that we need, need here in the state. Again, at, at the Port of Milwaukee, we're served by Canadian Pacific and Union Pacific. And while I personally would like to see um, CP's uh, merger end up moving forward, um, I think we are going to see through this merger a much needed return for a publicly available intermodal container service somewhere in the state. And I know so many manufacturers are really seeking that local in-state solution, be it at Port Milwaukee, be it at the Port of Green Bay, or be it elsewhere in the state. Um, this merger potential, again, be it with CP or CN for Kansas City Southern, could be that, that catalyst that we've all been waiting for and working to accomplish for you know, many decades. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, I've, I've, I've been an active cheerleader of, of all those movements. Um, now more than ever with congested supply chains and, you know, the, the added challenges in moving cargo in and out of nearby Chicago, which, you know, is where most of our intermodal goods are routed. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think there's a need more than ever. Um, certainly to just get some relief and, and to get something closer to home um, to support um, Wisconsin exporters and importers. Do you think we have the political investment or, or you know, what, what can we 
suggest our, our local manufacturers and, and importers do to, to get the attention it needs? I think um, we need to keep communicating with our freight forwarders, with our customers, with our direct contacts, with your rail partners. Um, just make sure that you keep reiterating um, the challenges, both from an efficiency perspective um, and from a fiscal perspective about why an in-state solution is so important. Um, I wanna go back to sort of two points. One is, you know, when I consider the new agricultural export terminal at the port, which we're building with our partner, the DeLong Company, who's based in Clinton, Wisconsin, um, that is also because we need to, and I would encourage anyone in the state to consider um, decontainerization. Um, a lot of Wisconsin's major ports like Superior, like Green Bay, like Milwaukee, um, have ample capacity in the break bulk and bulk export market. And that is an option that we are really pursuing with our DeLong project. Um, but especially as we continue to untangle the challenges related with container availability in the state of Wisconsin, um, that immediate solution is, can I reach world markets through bulk or break bulk export? Because your ports are ready to do that today. Now, um, when it comes to you know, the intermodal solution, um, I think we need to realize and continue to communicate to our customers, to our stakeholders, to our forders, to our supply chain partners, that we have capacity here in the state of Wisconsin. Our ports have capacity, our manufacturers have capacity, and we have highly desired product, um, which we wanna to get to world market much quicker. As we've seen because of COVID-19 and because of the Suez Canal blockage, there is a tremendous backlog in container availability on East and West Coast ports. And having those conversations with state legislators, with the federal government about ways that we can better use our inland port system here in the state of Wisconsin um, as a um, export channel that has capacity that isn't suffering under the same um, inefficiency that we've seen at East and West Coast ports is a real opportunity for us to exploit. The timing is ripe for that. Um, the legislator is current legislature is currently reviewing Governor Evers' budget proposal, and there's a lot of great um, uh, proposals that the governor and his team put forward to try to incentivize um, not only the agricultural export market but um, containerization, intermodal services, and increased transportation utilization in the state. Um, that is happening now. It's a really timely discussion that we can have with our elected officials um, about areas for growth and capacity across the state supply chain. Oh, you sound like a really busy guy, Adam. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a fantastic amount of information in a very short period of time. I understand that you're going to be uh, uh, talking in more detail at a World Trade Association meeting coming up. Uh, we're going to post the details of that right after the end of this talk. Uh, right now, our time is up, and I want to thank you very much for joining us and, uh, and uh, welcome you all to the next episode of Talking Trade coming up very soon. So thank you very much, Adam Tindushlik. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. It's really a pleasure.